Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And good morning all from Washington, D.C. This is the... Live remote broadcast for the week. We are on location. It has taken a village to set up this crude shot and link, but we are live. So glad you could be with us. Kim live is here. The Mark Thompson Family Library. Yes, Hello. this is the uh, Mark Thompson Family Library. Uh, and honestly, it is probably the neatest room in the house. Yeah, I know it's frightening when you think about it. But this library, and in its sort of completely um, disorganized, I think there is a weird coherence and organization to all of this, but I have There's no idea what it is. Very so. unique filing system. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> very well put. Uh, that's Kim McAllister. You know her. You love her. Albert, the commish, is with us. Hey, by the way, Kamish, I know we've got a uh, coronation to get to. We've got some uh, tragic news again out of Texas. And we have uh, some special guests today. But I was going to mention, uh, I don't know, man. Lakers look like they could um, they could ride the wave for a while, don't you think, Kamish? Well, they mucked it up. They got all the foul calls. We didn't play well on top of that. So we just need to win one more game in L.A., then we steal back home court. So that's just what I'm focused on. That pass, that last game's out of my mind, unless we start getting all these foul calls again against us. So after that, I'm going to put my tinfoil cap on and uh, this is be in disagreement with the NBA. Albert's superpower, I have to say. He, he always makes me feel better about stuff. So like even just getting on the air because we've had all this stuff and we're on remote and I don't have my normal things and everything is really sort of um, being held together with, uh, you know, whatever. I always said, does it look okay? I mean, is it, okay? it looks great. You look terrific. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I know the Warriors, they seem like they're kind of enjoying, ah, we got a bad calls. I put that out of my head. We're on to the next one. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, it's over years of disappointment. So I'm just uh I see. I've learned to cope over the years. I'm uh, unfortunately a Sharks fan and they were really good and never good enough. Oh, and right. they also today have a chance to get the first round pick. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed today. That's all I'm thinking about today. I see. So your attitude has been tempered essentially and crafted and and molded. It's been broken because my of the yeah, Sharks multiple experience. times. Yes. <laughs> okay. Smash the like button like a boss. Thank you for being here. We've got a lot to get to today and uh, let's do it. The Mark Thompson Show. I'll start on the light news of the weekend. I mean, it was wildly over the top, even though apparently it was a more restrained 
and slimmed down coronation than it might have been otherwise. Charles and Camilla were indeed enshrined as monarchs, everyone. And uh, I, it went down exactly as I would have thought. Kim, you did, I wouldn't have thought you'd watch it wall to wall, but you did watch it pretty much a lot, right? I did get up early and I did (laughs) see part of it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did watch the last part uh, when they emerged from the tent Mm-hmm. and had the fancy hats and did the walk of shame to the carriage uh all of that i did see this uh, the part. fancy hats you mean crowns yes yes wow that's a real um okay <laughs> well, and then yeah. um uh please don't diminish the monarchy if i call them fancy hats fancy hat that is a fancy hat now what is that thing he's holding he's holding one thing as a scepter but what's the other thing that globe is the uh Bottle of what is it? Sham, Chambon? bottle of Chanel. Uh, what? No, it is the the, uh, the ball. That's the ball and the scepter. What's know? the ball though? I'm sorry, I don't know. The Receive name. the royal scepter. Yes, uh, I. Receive the rod of equity and mercy. You know, I had hoped. I had my eyes on the rod of equity and mercy on eBay, and if... now I realize that it's gone. Probably for you know the length if... of his reign. What? You could yeah. smash it with a rod of equity and mercy. We'd smash be so appreciative. with your iron rod. <laughs> I heard those two uh, things, and I did send them immediately to Albert. I said, these are drops waiting to happen. Now, it was a drop fest. You could have lifted a bunch of other things, and maybe I'll go back and do that. But the two that we have are the equity and mercy. Play them again, please, Albert, if you would. And... Um, and uh receive the rod of equity and mercy yeah receive the royal royal scepter scepter. yeah the royal scepter oh we should all have a royal scepter if you don't have one in your home you should we all need royal scepters we're all the kings and queens of our domains so uh, these are a couple of the of the memes that were going <laughs> Now, what is this, Albert? This is uh, Charles looking through Harry's book, Spare. That's <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> pretty terrific. Harry was there. He was in the third row. And then this is the picture that was going around Twitter, and people were speculating that this was Meghan Markle, which is a, a, a stretch, but, you know. I, I mentioned a tinfoil cap earlier. This is it, a tinfoil cap moment. It is a... It's somebody in disguise, though, isn't it? It does look like a disguise, so I, I can see where it's coming. And she has a Hollywood background, so... You know, on the old uh, Geraldo show, they'd bring on people who were disguised like that. You know what I mean? Clearly, we've disguised <laughs> his actual identity, so that, that, you know... And that's the way it looks. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Well, Harry uh, kind of hit it and quit it, didn't he, Kim? He kind of came and, he, you know. Yeah, it was a quick Kind trip. of like he was well, gone before they cut the cake type thing, you know, like a wedding. He was not invited to stand on the balcony. Right. Or hang out with the, with the working royals. He was seated by his uncle, uh, Andrew, who had, an, uh, you know, after the run-in with Epstein. And oh, he, that's right. Yes, yes. So he was he was in trouble row on the third row. <laughs> He is. I got busted with the rest of the outcasts. That's right. And so after the uh, the coronation, he hopped in a car and off he went back to the airport, and that's that. 
Mm. Now, you said that John Daly sent us some yeah, pictures. For some reason, they're not loading in my system, but he oh, did. Okay. If I can manage to uh, get them in, okay. he sent so, some great no pictures, and he even went to Kensington Palace, where Princess Diana lived, and there was some great uh, some great notes tucked onto the gate, which is, oh. you know, notes to her saying, forever our queen, forever our princess type of thing. So some people took the, a moment to go remember her instead of, you know. So receive the rod of equity and mercy. I mean, that's a good place to receive it, too. There's really no bad place to receive the rod of equity and mercy, if I can make that point. So There's I mean, never been anything like this. Yeah, moving forward. <laughs> I think you should, you should know that anyway. Uh, I'm kind uh, of scared of the rod of equity and mercy. Well, Sounds you're, really you're supposed to be a little bit scared. That, uh, that's, that's, that's appropriate. That's right. Um, so you being scared, there was a shadowy figure that, yes, Albert, show that video, yeah. this is wild. Look at this. There is literally this shadowy figure that appears. Look at that. What is that? Is that the person that crosses in the middle there? Yeah. The cross is in the middle. We'll show it again. You'll be able to see it. Look, you see, boom. It looks like the grim reaper. <laughs> it does yeah, look like the grim reaper. Film. If you're listening on the podcast, it's sort of right in the center of the screen. Maybe jump on the YouTube feed and you can who see it. Who's that? I don't know who that is. But the that's, lighting and that's the, the shadow of death. That's what I that mean, is. I'll I mean, say it looks this. like he's holding a royal scepter, right? Yeah, or something. Yeah. Or something, yeah. The uh insanely well choreographed nature of this event would seem to have not allowed for this particular moment to have happen, but it did. So receive the rod of equity and mercy. There is a quality, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, and I know some of you enjoy watching this stuff, and the pomp and circumstance certainly can be, um, I, I think some people really enjoy that, and it can be a, a really fun kind of thing. Um, Beyond the fact that it costs all that money and that, you know, the monarchies, uh, I thought we were kind of done with them and all that sort of thing. I mean, you can have that conversation, and we have in the ramp-up. And we had it with with Britishers who, you know, were on, um, some of them sort of agreeing that, oh, it's all just sort of, you know, hooey, and others saying, no, no, it's important, and it's a long tradition. But there is a quality. So I'm putting all that aside for a moment. When you watch it, and I just watched uh, chunks of it on YouTube after the fact. There's a quality of absurdity to it, though, isn't there? I mean, there's just so much dress-up and so much ceremony. And as he sat there on the throne and they presented him with that crown, it just seemed silly to me. But again, that's an American, I mean, through and through, looking at this thing, which is a holdover. I mean, it just feels as though we've outgrown it, and yet it's still there. Plus, it, I, I don't know. That's the way it landed with me. I understand, and as I say, we've kind of run out everything in terms of the uh, importance uh, slash um, uh, tourist attraction, etc. How much did the last few presidential inaugurations cost? Uh, probably too much. Eric asks, and even as they cost too much, nowhere near what the coronation cost. 
Now, you could say, well, Mark, they, didn't do a, they don't do coronations every four years. Okay, that's a fair point, I think. Need to change to drop uh, the drop to smash it with your royal scepter, yeah. Uh, Dora, I don't think there is a smash it with your royal scepter drop, but we came as close as we, but we'll see. We'll work with it. Anyway, there just was a quality of silliness to it, to me, but uh, that's just the way it landed to me. That's all. Uh, what is that? What is that? Is that me? Is that, oh, that's this over here. Because I, so. I was, I was, yeah, because I was doing the tweeting. Whoever um, is hosting this yeah, thing. It would be nice if one of you <laughs> would tweet once in a while. I'd appreciate it, but I guess Twitter, I've got to do that? everything. I Facebooked. I've been Facebooking. I don't know. That's you know great, because I think a lot of our audience actually is on Facebook. A lot of the old KGO audience is on Facebook, and they don't realize that we're here on YouTube. So those who want to find us can find us if those of you on youtube like kim can share just the link the youtube link and say hey the mark thompson show that used to be on kjo it's on you know whatever um now uh, are we done with the coronation i'll move on to some of the bad news over the weekend is that where we are albert on this now yeah i think we've uh, all right so uh, sting me and we'll do it the mark thompson show i mean it was a tragic weekend in texas it's almost, I would say, inconceivable, except with a uh, country and a state awash in military weaponry. In a way, it's not surprising. Um, the, um, the Allen, Texas outlet mall massacre uh, that occurred on Saturday afternoon AR-15 style uh, armed gunmen sprayed shoppers with bullets, killed eight people. The latest in a string of mass shootings in Texas across the country as well. Uh, then on Sunday, a driver slammed into a group of migrants waiting at a bus stop outside a shelter in the Texas border town of Brownsville. At least eight people were killed, close to a dozen injured in that incident. Uh, is it still not clear whether that was intentional or accidental, right, Kim? Well, the man's not cooperating with authorities. You would think that perhaps it was a, a racial thing, but I believe the suspect is also of Latino descent. So I don't know if it was racial or or uh, immigration-related or what, but it, it looks like he's not really being on the up-and-up with officers. Okay. So. A Kim's love is a, is a taste hot, huh, Albert? Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not, not your that. fault. No, it's not your fault at all. Albert can just take it down a little bit. Uh, we'll work with it. Um, the Both those things unrelated, but, um, you know, this Texas uh, love affair that we have with uh, guns across America, the Texas love affair is even uh, greater, as you know, and... Uh, I would suggest that the laws in Texas are among the uh, most, uh, the loosest when it comes to uh, acquiring these weapons of war, these assault-style weapons. And then you have the problem with the border in Texas, right? The Texas, well, let's face it, it's a state that deals with illegal immigration and with migrants in a much more pronounced way than many other states in the country, just to be blunt about it. 
So as frustration with government grows, and there's frustration with government generally, and frustration with Texas. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Government and what is being done there to maintain the border and frustration from Texas toward the federal government, which is kind of what I was saying before, about that same issue, you end up with this, what I suspect is a kind of vigilantism, you know. Um, but this, you know, the Walmart shooting and the, uh, you know, these are the, the Uvalde uh, stuff, the, um, uh, the mass shootings are, are just taking on another level of horror in this country. In addition to the, you know, the ongoing level of heart. And then you have tremendous resistance on the part of Texas to do uh, in doing anything. You know, Greg Abbott, governor, doesn't want to change anything in the way of laws down there. I mean, how much just as a citizen, how much do you take? Can you possibly take in your heart and soul before you just have to back away and stop paying attention and then are accused of apathy? But I mean, how much it feels like you keep getting, you know, you care, you care, and then you keep getting beaten about the head and neck. And then, I mean, at, at some point, do you just have to turn away and ignore because you know it's not going to change and you have to protect your own heart? Uh, yeah, th- th- this is actually a really significant point you're making, which is quite surprising for Kim. Um, I, um, what? <laughs> I'm t- I'm t- <laughs> what? <laughs> No, Kim is making a really significant point, and and I think it's one that we all are wrestling with, and here's how it actually folds on itself and creates its own generation of issues. There is an anxiety now that is related to what Kim's talking about, which is an awareness of this problem and a sense of helplessness about doing anything. You know Congress is not going to do anything, and you have this right-wing movement that has seized control through the courts and through some of these uh, red states, Texas being one of them, Florida being another, uh, you know, you can find that, you know, the idea somehow that as these laws concerning the ownership of guns and the acquisition of guns, and these are military-style weapons, uh, as those laws get looser and that helplessness grows, How do you deal with it psychologically? And here's the generational thing I'm talking about. The anxiety about this problem now extends to 
churches, malls, schools, movie theaters, there's no end. Everyone is living with the potential of it happening, regardless of where you are. I mean, my God, guy shooting off an AR-15, drunk as he is, in his front yard, somebody comes over, the neighbor, and says, hey, would you mind just uh, stopping because the kids are trying to sleep, I've got a newborn. He goes into their house and kills them. I mean, the the level of insanity has grown and the level of gun ownership has grown. And so all of our anxieties have grown along with it. It's what Kim is saying. Like, how do you deal with it knowing that they're not doing anything and there's nothing you can do? You just have to choke this anxiety down. And 80% in polling of Americans want these assault-style rifles, I'm just going to call them the AR-15-style rifles, want them banned. 80%. 80% want, 90%, I think, north of 90% want background checks. But it ain't happening. In the same way that the courts and government is out of step with the wishes of the people on women's reproductive rights and other issues concerning women. Um... And now they're looking at white supremacy as a possible motive in the Texas gunman's massacre. So that's the outlet mall in that Dallas suburb. A 33-year-old Dallas resident had multiple weapons on him, five additional guns in his car nearby. Authorities have not released a motive, but a patch on the shooter's chest said RWDS for right-wing death squad. The phrase is popular among right-wing extremists, neo-Nazis, and white supremacists. Still a great deal of evidence to analyze. Authorities have not reached any conclusions officially, but they are approaching this as a possible hate crime. Witnesses said the gunman's tactical vest was also packed with ammunition magazines, indicating just how much carnage he'd hoped to inflict at one of the most common places for Americans to gather on the weekends, a shopping mall. Videos showed adults running as fast as they could to get away from the cracks of rifle fire. Second time in less than 10 days that Texas had a mass killing in which a gunman trained a powerful rifle on people. He also injured at least seven people And that was, of course, a cop who happened to be at the mall in an unrelated call fatally shot him. The the dude who perpetrated all of this was staying at a Dallas area hotel at the time of the shooting. Uh, They're focusing on whether anyone knew what he had planned to do or helped him in planning it. The gunman's parents have been cooperating with authorities. Uh, There was a child, as you know, who was killed in all of this. A person wearing a security guard uniform was among the dead. It's It's a stunning tragedy on one level, and it's not so stunning in in America. I told you about being in, um, I was in Hungary. This is just a few years ago. And I was asking directions 
this was about four years ago. And the guy gave me directions. At one point he said, you'll have to go down this, it's kind of a dark street, and at the end of it, there'll be a T and you'll go to the right. I said, is it okay, like a dark street? I'm a little bit worried. He said, oh, you don't need to worry. We don't have guns here like you guys do in America. Oh, wow. It was like, wow. I mean, that just does state it so bluntly, you know. Um, I don't know what we do, Kim. You're right. The anxiety is palpable, and palpable would be a ding word. I don't know if our ding's working. but well, um, I mean, eventually, you know, you yeah, have to yeah. go towards self-preservation. And so, and that's sad because then nothing ever gets done. When enough people stop caring because they see no solution, mm -hmm. then we're done. Well, uh, the, the other thing I'll make, and that, make this as a general point across the board, and I think you'd have to agree with me, America's broken right now. It is. It's broken legislatively. It, it's broken from a philosophical standpoint. There's a a real moment going on here. Even as we look at the debt limit, and we're going to talk about it uh, with Dylan Radigan, who's going to come on, and he's so great at breaking things down. With um, with regard to the debt limit, you see a Congress that's so polarized, and you have this ownership of the libs being such a big thing, that you, for the first time, go, well, would they drive off the cliff, just to make a point? I mean, and I, now to the guns. You don't have any uh, political will to actually formulate legislation that will pass. There's no bipartisan legislation on these issues which are considered particularly divisive. And so when I say we're broken, it ends up in the courts. And increasingly, you're going to see the courts decide the future of America. That's why this bought and paid for Supreme Court completely politicized, I mean, philosophically compromised Supreme Court. No objectivity, no ability to really look at case law anymore. Now it's all agenda-driven. They are going to quickly dictate the future in America. So, uh, on guns, on electoral rights, on, frankly, completely eliminating the federal government's ability to provide protections for air, soil, water, when it comes to environmental pollutants. That's all going away. There's a case before the Supreme Court right now that will do just that. They want to get rid of the administrative state, and now they've got the court to do it, and that will allow corporate polluters to do just that, to poison us. So from guns to corporate polluters, you have a court that is insanely friendly. And as a result, I think America is in a broken state. Does that mean I hate America or there's nothing? And of course not. There's so much terrific here. But this is a real moment in time. And I do believe activism and shaming legislators does work. Make enough noise and there will be change. And there could even be change on these gun laws. But it's going to take quite the fight. So smash the like button like a boss. Kim, are you standing by with news? I do have news, but I rod. don't hmm. mind delaying it if you'd rather go somewhere else. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't rather go anywhere else. I actually will just mention one other thing. Albert, you saw Vita Blue passed away. Do you know who Vita Blue? You must know Vita Blue, right, Albert? Yeah, he's actually a Giants and A's legend, which mm -hmm. is, uh, not, you don't see that often. But yeah, yeah. he's uh, one of the legendary pitchers. Of course, the, the Giants have a, a ton of legendary pitchers, but he's one of the long list of them. How old a man was he? 
I think it was, I he was young. He was 73. I yeah, think. really young. The number I saw. An extraordinary uh, uh, pitcher. I don't have the info in front of me, but he really was a, um, he was quite a pitcher. Um, as Albert said, I was just trying to give you some of his, um, he was a left-hander. A lefty, he, he was a part of that. In the, the, the A's did have a dynasty in the 70s. He was, he was a very integral part of, the, of that, so. He had a great name, by the way, Vita Blue. Tell me that's not, I mean, that's got to be one of the best names ever. He was a big I mean, draw. People showed up to see Vita Blue, man. Yeah, he was a, between he was Vita Blue, Raleigh Fingers, like it was. Yeah, you're athletes right. Athletes just you. were way different back then. They need to, they need to rethink. They need to, yeah, they need to turn back the clock for some of these names. The A's wrote in a statement on Sunday: There are few players with a more decorated career than Vita Blue. He was a three-time champion, an MVP, a six-time All-Star, a Cy Young Award winner, and an Oakland A's Hall of Famer. Vida will always be a franchise legend and a friend. We send our deepest condolences to his family and friends during this arduous time. Uh, I was surprised that he passed away so young, 73. But uh, rest in peace, Vida Blue. All right, Kim's I'm news. I'm glad the A's could uh, treat him well by uh, sending the team off to Vegas uh, right before he goes. <laughs> You think Vida was not would not be happy with the fact that the yeah the was... A's have been been in the news too. They had their their uh, their TV broadcast or their play by play comment. That was wild. Oh, yeah, it did that have was a wild. Screw up. Yeah. And so what do you guys think about that? That was a was that a slip of the tongue? Does that deserve a suspension? What? It was he definitely is a slip. Suspended. Yeah. He is suspended. He was definitely it was definitely a slip of the tongue. I, I don't believe that he. Right, Albert? Don't you agree with that, Commissioner? I agree. He's also had no history of it either. So it was it was very random. It was very unfortunate. But, you know, I don't understand how that slip happened. So but, the I mean, slip he... was that instead of he was referring to a day in which he went to the Negro League Museum. Right. But instead of saying Negro League, he used the other N word. I listened to it. I mean, it is true. It was the other word. I mean, he didn't he didn't pound it like he didn't you know emphasize it um but anybody who feels that way toward uh the negro museum or to uh you know the black race or whatever you know in other words if you're a racialist or a uh racist or whatever then you don't go to the negro museum <laughs> no and even the guy that was the runs I mean, so, the museum said he was just here he was nice yeah. he was kind he was interested like I think it was yeah. a slip of the tongue. I don't think it was a you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he hated black people, he's not going to the Negro Museum. Okay, mm -hmm. just put it bluntly. But uh, that said, everybody's caught in a place where they have to do certain things, and here, you know, the hand plays itself or the chess game plays itself. So mm -hmm. uh, the way it is, if you don't do anything as the Oakland A's, then you're going to be vilified for that right you'll just be rotisseried if you let this guy go M meaning on without uh, suspension so they have to suspend him they do suspend him even though i suspect the a's know he you know doesn't have any malice in his heart or whatever phrase you want wouldn't you agree with that commish yeah it's just weird that the a's have such a nothing going on in, during their season actual on the field but a lot going off the field which is very right. funny as they're true. as they're exiting town at the same time so very sad it's very tough to be an a's fan right now i do feel for them yeah this is it was an unfortunate incident uh all right when we come back my old co-host on my podcast 
Heather Ankeny joins. She now leads a quiet life in San Mateo, I think, uh, in that area. We can query her. She was part of one of the greatest um, moments in television. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What? That, reg- that regularly occurs, but is still one of the greatest moments in television. So, well, uh, I'll, I'll, I visited it before but on the radio, but we'll visit it here as well. Uh, Kim's news, and then we'll, uh, we'll chat with Heather. Top of the next hour, Danny Zucker, who is executive producer of Modern Family. And... He is a writer, so we'll talk to him about the WGA strike, the length of the strike, and how I think the landscape of Hollywood is going to change forever, and in a big, big way. We'll get to all of that uh, as we continue. Smash the like button, and uh, Kim's News next. Mark the Mark Thompson Show. On the Mark Thompson Show, I'm Kim McAllister, and this report is indeed sponsored by Tenuta Vineyards. Yay! Woo! Uh, We'll get to some serious news after that little outburst. Uh, The driver is facing charges for allegedly killing eight people after crashing in front of a homeless shelter in Brownsville, Texas, as Mark had mentioned. Uh, The scene of people upset and mourning eight people killed. After this person crashed into the front of this homeless shelter in Brownsville, police say the driver ran a red light on Sunday, lost control before slamming into the crowd. Investigators are still working on determining a motive. They are waiting on tests to reveal if the driver was under the influence when this crash happened. A Texas community is also looking for answers after a mass shooting over the weekend. As Mark also mentioned, this is a sad situation in Allen, Texas, where a lone gunman killed eight people and injured more than a half dozen others before being shot to death. The shooting happened at a shopping mall, brings the number of mass shootings across the country up to just shy of 200 this year, according to the Gun Violence Archive. We actually had a couple more mass shootings here in California as well. Uh, Looks like one happened at a house party near Chico State University early Saturday morning. That's where police say a 17-year-old girl was killed, five others injured. Three remain in the hospital in stable condition. The other shooting was early yesterday morning on a sidewalk in Redwood City. That's where a 16-year-old boy and four men were wounded. So five people shot altogether. The suspects in both cases remain at large. Wow, yeah, is that was, right? They both got away, even from the Chico situation, where it was a house Chico. party? Yep. Oh. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So here, even in California, you know, you think Texas, where all the guns are. I mean, still, I, like, this is how sad that around, is. I, yeah. I saw that news and then lost it in all the other news of the Texas massacres. I remember seeing it when it broke, you know, the Chico particularly. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's uh, yeah. You know, there's just so many shootings you can't keep up keep up with them all, Mark. Where did I see yeah. that one? Where did I find that? Yeah, exactly. Pres- President Biden will be meeting with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and other top congressional leaders tomorrow, trying to resolve the standoff over the debt ceiling. Congress needs to pass legislation to raise the nation's borrowing limit by early June, they say, to avoid a potentially crippling default. McCarthy has said his chamber will not approve any deal that doesn't cut spending to address the growing budget deficit. And just to remind you, that is money that's already spent. So we're not talking about a budget that, you know, is for next year. We're talking about a budget. This is money that's already been spent. So you've got a crap budget future, do it. And who okayed the spending of that money, do you think? Exactly. Thank you. Right. I mean, do you think it's the same people who now want to cut spending? Right. I, don't I, mean, know. It's a, I mean, house appropriations, you know, is uh, you appropriated oh. all that money. Now you got to really? pay. Oh, okay. And this is, and it's been said before, you know, done three times under Trump. I mean, to, you know, yeah. to hold us up like this is a, I mean, it really risks a catastrophe economically and... It's a game of chicken that they played before. But for the first time, you have real crazies in charge of the GOP and perhaps with their hands very much in McCarthy's pot. We'll see. We'll see. But I think uh, I don't think uh, the coolest heads are involved on the GOP side. Ukrainian officials say Russia launched a wave of drone and missile strikes on Kyiv and other cities today. Ukraine's military says it shot down all 35 drones that attempted to attack the country, including 30 in the capital city of Kyiv. Debris damaged buildings, though, and injured several civilians on the ground. And today there are closing arguments underway in former President Trump's civil trial over allegations that he raped writer E. Jean Carroll in the 1990s and then defamed her uh, after she came forward. A lawyer told Carroll, uh, a lawyer for Carroll, rather, told jurors today, apparently, that his client was exactly Trump's type and that he sexually assaulted her the same way he described treating women on an Access Hollywood tape. Trump denies any wrongdoing, claims Carol made up the story to sell copies of her book. By the way, I watched that deposition. I watched the entire Trump deposition. Didn't I send you some of that, Albert, over the weekend? I can never keep track of what I send him or not. But I, it's, um, it's remarkable. Trump is just is shameless, you know. But uh, they showed him a picture, as you're aware, of... Um, E. Jean Carroll, and he thought that it was Marla, and he even said, "Oh, yeah. that's you know, that's my you know," and he was insistent that it was. And then later, he was, because this is in relation to him uh, saying that she's not his type. I mean, when yeah. you know, uh, he literally confused her for his ex-wife. So I mean, it, it, it's now Nostra Katsis, David Katz, in his prediction, uh, explained that. He believes that E. Jean Carroll will prevail in this suit, that Trump will lose in New York. So we'll see. He's typically pretty good with his production predictions. 
I mean, it just it seems like, though, then that we make rape about who you're attracted to and rape really isn't that type of crime. It's a crime of control. Right. right. It's, it's, power. It's, it, That's right. it's power and it's control. And it's not about it. Uh, as far as I know, not about attraction. So I, I, I just I mean, his whole argument hinges on lunacy anyway. Agreed. The Justice Department could decide this week whether or not to file charges uh, against President Biden's son, Hunter, what the charges would be. Apparently, potential charges reportedly related to tax filings and an illegal firearm purchase. Hunter Biden is being investigated by the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office at this time. Hunter's pretty much a, um, he's a bundle of a bundle of problems. I, I'm just saying, you know, he is. But uh, this just in, I'm not voting for him. You know, he's not running anything, right? He's just the president's son. Apart yeah. from that, he doesn't run anything. So, no, uh, I don't know if you heard about this story, but the California Reparations Panel has approved payments of up to one point two million dollars to every black resident in California. The state's reparations task force voted Saturday to recommend the cash payments and a formal apology as well. Lawmakers now will decide on whether to move forward with this plan. Critics say the reparations could cost California more than eight hundred billion dollars just as the state faces a 22 billion dollar budget deficit yeah the timing is a little awkward if i can just make that point Uh, your heart's in the right place but it's uh, in the right place at the wrong time i mean that's a lot of money can we afford that well you've just told us we cannot so we cannot afford this yeah uh that seems like an awful lot So let's move on to the last story now, because it is Guardians of the Galaxy. That is right. Oh, how did it do? It did really, really, really well. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, making quite the splash at the uh, box office in North America. The latest edition of the space-traveling comedy-adventure franchise earned $114 million in its debut weekend at theaters across the United States and Canada. The Super Mario Brothers movie finished in second with nearly $19 million, followed by Evil Dead Rise with almost $6 million. I will say my daughter uh, saw The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and said there was a lot of um, animal torture type of stuff in there that was very disturbing. Yeah, they they're making a case. What? I mean, they're they're using it to make a point against animal torture, but in doing so, you have to sit through some really gr- gross, gory, bad stuff. So, mm. for people that are sensitive, maybe not the best, you know. Well, I, I, now I remember that Michael Snyder said that is uh, that I would like the fact that there's it's an, there's an animal rights message to it. So maybe that's uh... yeah, there's an animal rights message, but to get there, you have to get through some gross. You know what I mean? Yeah, nobody wants to see the way the uh, sausage is made. Exactly. So nobody wants to see the way the sausage is made. The uh, Mark Thompson Show News is sponsored by. Tanuta Winery. We love them. Uh, yes, Tanuta, Tanuta. Let me show you a picture because Tanuta is open for business and they are beautiful. Look at this winery. So, so pretty. <clears throat> they have a wonderful tasting room. You can just belly up to the bar there. And not only do they have 28 different varietals, 14 red, 14 white, including the Mark Thompson, Why Are You Yelling Red? And the, what is it? Who's Mark Thompson? 
What what kind God of Almighty. what is it? Really? Oh my God! It's just <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing at some point, isn't it? Uh, Kim, it is called. This is which great. one of you is I, Mark Thompson? Exactly. Which one of you is I'm Mark Thompson? By the way, Kim. You know Grigio. Yeah. Yes, I have okay. both bottles right in front okay. of me, so here, I, there's no right. excuse. Yeah. And we love Tenuta Vineyards because they're awesome. Uh, so yeah, Tenuta Vineyards in the Livermore Valley. They can host parties. They can uh, just host a, a weekend wine tasting. But you, do Albert, didn't I first. send you a video that they uh, that they? But let's not run it now. But did I? Do you have it for maybe next hour or tomorrow? Uh, yeah. The, I mean, he Rich just needs to resend it to me because it. Oh, he needs to resend it. it. Okay, good. Because there's a good video. It kind of uh, you can see sort of what uh, Kim's talking about. Some kind of cool stuff. So if you mention so, smash it with your iron rod, you get 10% mm -hmm. off? Ah. Yes, you can get 10% off. They would like you to call them. And here is okay. the phone number at Tenuta Vineyards. It's 925-699-4576. So you can call them and order your Why Are You Yelling Red or the Which One of You is Mark Thompson, Pinot <laughs> Grigio. <laughs> Just play the stinger. Yes. Let's get a guest on. This yes. is crazy. Yeah, All right. You know where we yeah. are. Albert, play something short so I can get Heather on the air because we, she's waited patiently. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Tanuta. Thank you all. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I'm trying to find one of our short <laughs> ones. Oh, my effing God. What's <laughs> in your soul? The Mark Thompson Show. Oh, my God. I tell you, there you are. All right. Thank you, everybody. Great to be. I am on location. From Washington, D.C., I like to be close to the military-industrial complex. That's why I come back here. And it is uh, great to be. This is my mom and dad's house. So I was visiting dad, who, as you know, has had some health problems. And uh, it's been an adventure to get on. But we love that everybody's here. And now, a warm Mark Thompson show welcome for someone who really dutifully uh, performed the task of being a co-host on my podcast which what? has been dry docked i know it's can you imagine it was a weekly podcast we had a lot of really cool people through just like this show and uh, now she lives quietly in san mateo county somewhere at, in an undisclosed location she joins us now actress producer heather ankeny heather hi yeah hi heather how's it going is that right you were san mateo county somewhere right santa clara Santa Clara. Ooh, mm -hmm. there you go. Um, well, I'm. Uh, have you been to a Niners game yet or not? I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think of that stadium? Uh, I thought it was fine, but apparently everybody thinks it's horrible because there's no shade. Right. That's why I was things. asking. It's yeah. been it's yeah. been really um, criticized. But yeah, because um, you sit you you sit across from the the suites and the sun just reflects off those windows straight into your face and there's no shade. Oh, oh I see. Okay. So if you're if well, you're Mark, there for a Mark tan, would only be in the suites. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, unless you it, it, right. <laughs> I'm I'm an in the suite guy for sure. Um, well, Heather, I'm excited to have you on. You are, I should mention, and I neglected to mention this in my little cobbled together intro of you are a true football fan in you used to be the espn fantasy football person uh albert uh you a fantasy football player probably have a lot to talk to heather about you know during this off-season ramp up as you guys sort of plot your next move for the coming season 
Uh, Heather's very much connected. In fact, we had, who do we have, Heather, from uh, Fantasy Football Land? He's still on ESPN now. He is actually over at NBC now. Uh, he left ESPN after 15 years, Matthew Barry, um, which I got to tell you a really interesting story. The last time the writers went on strike was 2007, and Matthew had just recently moved to Bristol, and he and I were fantasy football buddies. And so during that strike, he called me up and said, hey, why don't you come you know, work at ESPN because you can't because you couldn't work, you know, when the writers are striking. So <laughs> I went and won an Emmy. We won an Emmy for uh, best new coverage for a fantasy football now show that we started back in 2007. That's still going today. Uh, that's that's so great. That's just so yeah. great. And, you know, when you think about even how fantasy football has grown since 07 to today, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, it's, uh, as you say, that show's still on, and then it's been followed by a bunch of other shows that are essentially the same, you know, knockoff of that show. It's massive. I think it, it, it was back then what sort of betting is today, or at least last year or the year before, now that it's you know, legal, basically, to bet on pretty much any, any sport now. Um, but these betting shows that started a couple years ago are kind, were kind of at the forefront, um, which Matthew does a lot of now, too, as well. Should uh, gambling have been made legal, Heather? Did you, where were you on that? Uh, gambling on sports. I mean, now you can literally, you can literally bet on the game. In Washington, I think this is true. You can bet on the game at kiosks there in the arena where they play. Is that true? I believe that's I right, Albert. Know. Will you check that? Okay. Or Kim, you'll check that. Anyway, it, 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 I'm I'm fairly certain that that's right. Um, so. My my question is, I mean, has that, in your view, uh, was it inevitable or has it destroyed the game? Does it be has it begun to dis destroy the various sports that used to be, at least have the patina of, you know, uh, being played without, the, you know, any sort of outside influence? I mean, I think from just as a fan, from a fan's perspective, I feel like it just, uh, it adds a level of, you know, is he playing as is as, as, as strong as he is? You know, should are the refs being are they betting? I mean, you just you cannot you have no way of knowing what anybody is doing. So I guess for me, the way I watch things maybe will change a little bit, but I, I think it was inevitable. And I think it's a big I mean, it's a big business, but I also I mean people love it. People love betting oh, on yeah. sports. No, it's <laughs> so, true. You I mean, do. <laughs> but you, no, you're right. I mean, I, I, I think it's, I love watching sports, but I love watching sports even more if I've got a little action on the game just to, you know, create interest. Sure, um, sure. Mark, no. Mark, you are right, by the way. Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. is one of the arenas. There's, I think there's nine arenas that do have wow. live betting kiosks. I love the words, Mark, you were right. I just love those <laughs> words, Heather. Gosh, I can never get enough of that. Thank you, Albert. You can interrupt any time to say those words. Um, so tell me about your life, Heather, You, um, your life in the Bay Area. You were living in Southern California, very much in the Hollywood stream, and then you jumped to this life in uh, the Bay Area. So how is it? Uh, the bait, it's fine, but I really, I want to back up because I heard you saying that you have Danny Zucker coming on. Oh, today. Danny, who was, uh, yes, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Danny's coming okay, on in so, about 15 minutes. Yeah. So da please remind Danny that he was one of our early guests on our podcast. And at the time, 
uh, one of his proudest moments was guessing what my, you know, future husband had been incarcerated for. And, yes. uh, and we have that clip. I don't know if you have that clip. I have that clip, but. Oh, yeah. you do have it. Oh, that's great. I, I do. I will tell you that. Um, uh, and this is something that w- it was a moment. We used to give Heather such a hard time because she was dating slash engage, then engaged to this guy who was incarcerated. And we had, Danny was the first guest. And Danny was the executive producer of Modern Family. Very funny. I mentioned that the Trump feud he had online. He was the first guest who uh, went after uh, trying to guess what he had done to, you know, be, uh, end up, you know, in prison. And he, I believe he did guess it correctly, right? He did. He yeah. did, which is why he was so excited. Yeah. But I just right. love Danny Zucker and I loved his whole uh, feud with Trump way back when. Yeah. Uh, another thing that came out of the two, 2007 writer strike was The Apprentice, as I'm sure you guys have talked about. Um, so, well, it, there was that great sign. I don't know if you saw the WGA strike. We ran it last week. Um, Succession without writers is The Apprentice. <laughs> yes, I heard it last week, and that is hilarious. Yeah, so true. true. So it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll Just because you mentioned the writer's strike, up, and, and you have worked in Hollywood for so long, I want to ask you what you think is going to happen, because I have a, I have a sense that it's going to be a very long strike, and I think at the end of the strike, like 07... I don't know that you're going to get, the writers are going to get much. I mean, I'm not suggesting they shouldn't strike. I mean, I think, you know, you have to make the point. But I'm just suggesting that the landscape is changing so radically and so few uh, in the way of media companies control everything that they have a lot of leverage. It's true. And I'm curious to see what Danny says about it. I think these mini rooms, that these breakout mini rooms, I think that's a real big problem. I think, yeah, the landscape changing as quickly as it is is a really big problem. I actually interestingly enough, ran into a Disney executive yesterday who I said, well, how's it going, you know, on your end? And she said, well, we've got about a month's worth of uh, production to shoot that we can shoot. And then we're going to be, then it's going to really ramp up. So I feel like, yes, it's going to go a long time because it's, I really feel like it's going to start, you know, feeling the effects of it in about four weeks. Yeah. They have, they have a lot in the pipeline. And it's actually, I was having a conversation with someone who's an editor and the editor was telling me, the writer on the show told me, I can't speak to you about anything involving story. But if you have a question about a shot or how a shot should be, you can call me and I can talk to you about that. What I got from that was the writer cares about the product. And the writer wants that product, wants that thing that they've crafted and worked so hard to create. They want it to be good. And so now that it's there in the hands of an editor, they're being told, nope, can't talk to the editor at all. And of course, how many shots and how long a beat lasts on a certain shot, or anything, that can really influence the pace and rhythm and sometimes whether something is funny or not. So uh, I thought it was really interesting how the writer still wants to be part of the process, but is is limited in in what they can actually provide. Do we know what they ended up getting it, what they settled for or what they got at the end of the last strike? I mean, I just know that they were, 
I thought they were, in talking to a few writers, I'll ask Danny if he knows, but uh, they were, I thought there was some disappointment. It was regarding residuals on streaming, where that was the big, big hitch, oh, wow. I think, in the last one. And, uh, and now it is all about residuals on streaming. You know, streaming was just one of those things that wasn't that big a deal in 07, and now it's everything, right? So that's what I mean when I talk about changing landscape. It's just crazy. You were part of uh, Heather Ankeny. One of the in our last minute here, I want to just uh, mention, and I'm sorry to do it because I do it every time you're on. It's or okay. I, talk to I love it. Um, <laughs> I, ran, I ran into Josh at the at a golf tournament last year too. By the way, uh, you're, you're talking about uh, Jay Elvis, or you're talking about uh, Josh? Uh, Joe, Josh Demel. Oh, jo- oh yeah, oh yeah, you're, you're so, oh yeah. Okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. You know, you're so many Joshes in our lives. Um, so. Heather was part of one of these moments that I love in procedurals particularly, but they they exist in other places, other narratives. And that is at the end of a scene, uh, the entire show seems to be leading up to them getting this one guy who's the killer, right? And they all rush to the house to present this guy with the cuffs. They're going to get him. And then when they get to the house, they find out the guy is dead. It's like, oh, man, it's a real. And then it's a stinger, bam, commercial break. So whoever's involved in that scene, in the scene where the cops arrive to make the arrest, and then they tell the cops, well, good luck. You know, he passed away two days ago or whatever it is. Like, whoa, wait a minute. That just throws the whole plot on its side. And Heather was one of the people in a scene like that. And after that, it didn't matter to me what Heather ever did. I mean, in show business, that was a great cornerstone moment. So do we have it, Albert, or not? Can people at least hear it? Did you watch the whole show ever? That whole episode? Yes. uh, Yes. uh, Yeah, I'm sure I did. Oh, no, I'm sure I did. Well, because I'll tell you something. Back then, I needed to pay to see that episode. I remember because I wanted to run it on the podcast. And in order to get it, I had to buy some episode of blah, blah, blah. You know, in other other words, it had to be. I had to. to Your contribution (laughs) for that residual. It was $1.99 or something. I'll take it. But um, Albert, do you have it, sir? No, I don't. Uh, you, I think the link you sent me, I, I, oh, I didn't get it. Oh, my God. Bom, 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 bom. I think the link you sent me, I didn't get it. After that buildup, really, dude? Uh, all right, stand by. It's fine. Do uh, not. No, all right, I'll run it another time. Albert, I blame you. I mean, why couldn't we make sure that we had it before we started this? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a way to go? I don't know. All right. Well, Which I idea, but it just might work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the future. Uh, congrats on on uh, moving over to YouTube and on your eleven point one k subscribers. Yeah. I'm really well, happy you guys did this. I miss hearing you on KGO every morning. Thank it was you, delightful. Heather. Well, yeah. thank you. We we're just looking for eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty. As you know, that's our big. That's our next big uh, milestone. That was. Oh, the I number. thought you hit it. No, we have 11,001 something. I but 11,000. 11,780. Yeah, which see, is one Trump, more Trump. We have. Yeah, Trump I and only my. Need 11,000. Yeah, I need exactly. 11, yeah, exactly. So we just need what Trump wanted 11,780. 
they will have a party that day. And then, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. But is you're still connected to the world of show business from Santa Clara. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. I'm still auditioning. Well, not right now, but um, yep, I still audition a lot. I had a great year last year. It's been going pretty good. Oh, that's terrific. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, you know, my phone still works, so feel free to visit, like, off the air. Also, I'd love to uh, to be in touch, Heather. You're great. And, you bet. And uh, if we ever bring the pot, you know who asked about you? Who? And about, oh, well, Elliot Gould. We had Elliot Gould on the show. <laughs> and he's a big Heather fan. And uh, uh, That's great. Yeah. So he actually wanted to do the show. And I've told the story, I think, about... You know, he, you know, I want to do it, blah, blah, blah. We get all the way to the end of it. It's like a five-minute conversation. He says, no, I want to do it. Let's do it right away. And then I said, oh, great. He said, just call, you know, my person. And I thought, oh, really, dude? You're going to lay that on me? Where It's you and me talking. Can't we just? So I call the person, leave a message, don't hear back. And then I call him and go, hey, just so you know, I called that person and I didn't hear back. And he goes, really? He said, I'll take care of that right away. That's out- outrageous. Uh, I want to do the show, and there shouldn't be any issue. And so like a week goes by, and then the person calls. And at that point, I was like, I'm over it. I, I just don't. You know what I mean? Just to be honest, it, yeah. it was it was just a star move that I didn't dig. So, you know. I hear but, you. Uh, but he adored you and probably still does. So as do we all. Uh, Thank you. Heather. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, stay in touch, and uh, let's talk soon. If you want to uh, reach Heather, you can get her on social media. Are you still on Twitter or not? I mean, we've not re- so I've removed it from my phone. Yeah. Oh, you have. Yeah, okay. I still have my account there, but it's it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, new landscape at Twitter. Yeah. So. Uh, Elon is a strange guy who's created some yeah. difficult uh, questions and situations for uh, the, those of us on social media. So. Anyway, yeah. uh, Heather, thank you. you best bet. to best to your your loving husband. We'll see you soon, Bye. Heather Ankeny, Everybody, right on. Love it. Kind of a uh, the Mark Thompson Show. He's still big. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, I want to get into what's happening with the writers' strike. Hopefully, we'll have. Modern Family's Danny Zuccarat, executive producer of Modern Family, comedy writer, longtime comedy writer, has done very well. But as I say, the, the face of Hollywood is changing. We were just, Heather was just putting it as well. So uh, we'll get to a little bit of that with Danny uh, when we come back. When we continue after Danny, I want to mention if you're a political junkie, I will talk about the new polling around Joe Biden. And the new polling around Biden and his mental acuity and how that may enter into things. So we'll get to that in the next hour as well. Smash the like button like a boss. Smash do it, for it the, with your iron rod. Do it for the new king and queen, everyone. I mean, please, on this Monday after the coronation, do it for the new king and queen. Give us a thumbs up. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, we're completely crowdfunded, so we appreciate all the ways you support us. Super stickers, super chats, always helpful here on YouTube. As you watch a video, there's a little heart with a dollar sign in it. If you're watching in replay, you can click that and leave us something if you so desire. Of course, you become a patron to the show. A uh, Patreon link awaits you at themarkthompsonshow.com. There are links to Patreon and to PayPal. So we try to show you our commitment and setting up remote uh, all week. And we appreciate your commitment to us and supporting us. So again, themarkthompsonshow.com. Click on Patreon or PayPal and you can join our community there. And all of those who contribute get their names added to the scroll at the end of our show. We want to show you every day. We appreciate your support. Danny Zucker next as we continue. Mark Thompson Show. The Mark Thompson Show. Oh, yes. I'm Kim McAllister on The Mark Thompson Show. And the Biden administration is proposing rule changes to compensate passengers now for flight delays. There's no real delay here on Air Force One, but that's all right. Airlines would be required (laughs) to offer compensation beyond refunds for controllable flight cancellations or significant delays. That according to a White House official, President Biden is and Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg are saying that uh, they're taking the first step today in rulemaking uh, processes to examine whether airlines must also provide compensation and cover expenses for meals, lodging, and rebooking when they're responsible for stranding passengers. So you see, help could be on the way, people. Yeah, it's that's a right. that's a that's a big deal. That uh, you know, there should be new requirements for the way they. Don't you agree, Kushner? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, what about for I, people I, that take their shoes off in the seat next to you? What about that? Oh, that was so gross. I just flew in last night on a flight where the guy next to me had his shoes off and he had a diving neckline T-shirt on. It was all. It was you know. It would put Simon Cowell to shame. It was way it down neckline like T-shirt, like a nip was nippledge. What is that? A V a V a V-neck kind of thing? It was right. Uh, yeah, a V-neck. Yeah, but it was really heavy V. Like oh yeah, you didn't what really want to oh, see yeah. the. There it what is. He had there it is. Say? There it is. Oh. You can see it now. That's on my Instagram. Yeah. There's no nipples showing. I mean, that's just a man. Chest. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you're so good with it. I, I have I, more. I have a more problem with the uh, the naked toes than I do anything else. Well, he's got shorts, his uh, shoes off, and he's <laughs> uh, got this T-shirt that you know is I don't know. I was grossed out by the whole thing. You're like, dude. It's outrageous. I'm not saying they should be compensating me, but I'm just. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, there's some changes also coming to Arlington National Cemetery. They are changing, uh, getting military heroes to their final resting place the way they do that. The horses that pull the caskets are now on a 45-day break. The Army started the pause last week to focus on the health of the herd after four of the horses in that unit died in the last two years. Officials say the suspension will not impact funerals and that a temporary solution is in the works. They may end up using contracted services to provide escorts there. Twitter will begin you the purge 
on the social media platform of inactive users. So if you haven't used Twitter for a while, out you go. On Monday, Twitter CEO Elon Musk saying affected accounts will be ones that haven't been active for several years. He noted that users will probably see uh, follower counts drop because of this situation. Uh, the inactive accounts will be wiped, so the follower user numbers will drop. Musk did not specify if he accounts of those like former President Trump and NPR would be affected. Trump hasn't used his account since his was reinstated last year after being suspended in 2021. And NPR recently announced it would no longer use Twitter after Musk put a label designating the outlet as government-funded media. There's an earthquake in Southern California this morning along the coast. USGS says it was a 3.4 centered in the hills above Highway 1. Uh, that is in the area right between Malibu and Santa Monica. Happened just about five minutes to 8 a.m. No reports of any damage or injury there. You've been shopping lately in Sonoma County. you got to check those receipts because of a rise in pricing errors. The county's Department of Agriculture Weights and Measures sent violation notices to 36% of the nearly 650 grocery stores they inspected between March of last year and April of this year. It was a 10% increase from the previous year. The department's commissioner says it is illegal in Sonoma County and across California for a retailer to charge a higher price than what is advertised. Can't do it. Wow. Diocese of Oakland files for bankruptcy after more than 330 child sexual abuse lawsuits from decades past. Wow. The, they're, ta they're, ta they're tax exempt, but they couldn't keep their head above water no. because of all the sex abuse allegations and those That's lawsuits. That's right. The uh, bishop in Oakland saying most of the claims are from the 60s, 70s, and 80s and were uh, involving priests who have either died or are no longer active. Yeah, Doesn't we don't matter. do that stuff anymore. That's basically what they're Still saying. on the hook yeah. for all of it, right? right? Did you see this? This is a violent sideshow in Oakland. It's a video making the rounds on social media. Just wild. Check this out if I can show you. Uh oh, I have to take my picture down. This is just crazy, you guys. The uh, fire that you can see here is one of several that happened over the weekend during this whole sideshow situation where there were cars spinning around wildly, cars catching on fire. Uh, I mean, wild. Police arrived. There's more than one vehicle on fire. You know, there's cars spinning all over the place. So this is a pretty bad one. The uh, sideshow, uh, breaking up the sideshows is actually a yeah. far greater challenge to law enforcement than it might seem. You have to bring a lot of law enforcement to the location at one time. I was just talking to a cop about this about 10 days ago, and he said, Mark, we just really can't stop them unless we get a, a full tactical force together and then we encircle it. We all go at once. He said, I because mean, it's... Yeah, you see the damage it does, and you see what a tough situation it is. Well, and anyway. you saw the pictures of people throwing fireworks at the trees there. This one happened Saturday morning near 10th and Oak Streets. A driver uh, rams into several vehicles. A big crowd of people watching, recording the whole thing. Some people lighting fireworks, throwing them up at trees. Police appeared to throw flashbangs to clear everyone out so that crews could actually get in there and put out those fires. They are investigating other reports of dangerous stunts through the city as well. And lastly, here's another one of these wacky studies. I don't know about this one, but here's the, here's the story. Talking on a cell phone for 30 minutes a week or more, 30 minutes a week or more, 
has been linked to high blood pressure. Is that because of who you're talking to? I don't know. <laughs> this is according to new research out of China. China. Those who spent a half hour on the phone, even hands-free, were 12% more likely to develop hypertension. Six hours a week raised the risk to 25%. So this is talking on the cell phone. I don't know if texting does the same kind of level of high blood pressure. So yeah, I'm sorry, Mark. I, I, I can no longer speak with you on the phone. I am pretty uh, I'm pretty phone-bound, so yeah. I don't know. The blood pressure thing hasn't kicked in yet. The Mark Thompson Show is crowdfunded, means we have to rely on you. You can help keep us going by contributing via Patreon and PayPal, and you can find the links and so very much more at themarkthompsonshow.com. Themarkthompsonshow.com. I'm Kim McAllister on The Mark Thompson Show. Feel it in your soul. The Mark Thompson Show. We're on remote, live from Washington, D.C. I know, it looks like I'm a librarian now. This is my side hustle, being here at the library, but it's actually um, my parents' house. My dad, as you know, has uh, suffered some health problems, so I've come back here for the week and appreciate your uh, forbearance, you know, uh, putting up with, I think, maybe the audio goes in and out or whatever. I don't know. I'm sure that the connection can sometimes be a little bit uh, feeble because of the, you know, it's a Wi-Fi thing. Um but anyway, my point is that's the reason for this uh, not being the slick studio that we normally work from. Uh, but we're still doing the same show, and I'm so excited that this guy joins. He is such a brilliant talent, so funny. He has worked on so many notable comedies. Uh, Just Shoot Me was one of his shows that he was on. He was on Grace Under Fire, Roseanne. Um, he... Uh, he started as an intern on the Howard Stern show, which I didn't know until I was going to have him on today. And I thought, I guess I should look at a couple of Danny's uh, credits. So I uh, went back and, and saw that as well. And of course, really, um, I think the, the latest cornerstone of his career is his executive producer on Modern Family. Such a funny, funny show. I want to talk about the writer's strike, about the changing face of Hollywood, and about his feud with Donald Trump, which was also quite famous all of that for the great Danny Zucker. Hey, Danny, welcome. welcome, hey, welcome. I, have a deep, I have a deep V. I'm, is this bothering you? <laughs> that is, I am bothered by deep Vs, Danny. I really I, I don't like them either. I don't yeah. like them at all. Yeah, I really. Uh, uh, Danny, you have done so Mark, much. You're an award I winner. I oh mentioned your feud with Trump, which was quite uh, special. You turned yeah. that into a book. Which, uh, <laughs> which is great. Danny got into a Twitter feud with Trump. And it's wild how, and then I want to get to the writers, but just because I mention yeah. it, it's weird yeah. how he, why did he latch onto you as this guy? I, I really don't know. So again, this was like um, a couple of years before he ran, uh, like 2014 or 2015. And I, and I didn't make a big deal. About, I, I tried not to like tweet at celebrities because I found that, well, I, the very first tweet I ever got with a celebrity that made me viral was to Chris Brown after the Rihanna thing. And Chris, there was an earthquake in Virginia. And Chris Brown said, uh, please pray for Virginia. And I tweeted, oh, God, what did you do to her? And then um, and, and that was uh, and I, it went wild. But then his fan, his fans came after me. So I said, I'm not going to do it again. But then I thought with Trump, because at the time, you have to remember, no one liked Trump, not just people who could read. And you know, everybody hated him at that point. And, uh, and so I simply just said, he, he tweeted a uh, celebrity apprentice, number one show of the night. 
And then I tweeted back with a picture of the easily checkable fact where he was in last place. Cool story. Here's what actually happened. And then he, but, and then he responded. And then we just went, just kept setting me up and hitting him down for months, hundreds of tweets. Yeah. What was, what was informative about like both him and the country was that exchange went viral again when he got the Republican nomination. Only this time people were like, angry at me like the same like there was nobody who was on his side you could scroll down no one would you couldn't find anybody but then it was like a lot of like you know you're a whatever wrong y-o-u-r by the way y-o-u-r uh, <laughs> but uh um yeah and and if you read those if you, like i he's anything he's ever said about like a world leader or a congressperson or anybody like it was all there in mind like he everything was beta tested then He's never he hasn't come up with one original thing since then. Well, and and you know, even after leaving the White House and now on Truth Social, it's the same thing. You know, it's all exactly. caps, you know, you know, a horror show. Um you now it will help us maybe understand what's going on in Hollywood with the writer's strike. I hope so. Yeah, it's a um it's a, I think it's a real inflection moment in the sense that I see first of all the power um, concentrated in such few media uh, companies' hands, and that yes. is always scary. It's, I've always uh, railed against that, but it now it's happened. And with the uh, convergence of that and AI and streaming, help me sort this out. Help us understand what this is over and what might happen. Well, I'll do my best. I mean, I will say that part of the reason I became a writer was like a, a comedy writer in particular is like I focus on doing one thing well. I don't like to even think about this other stuff. Like I write dick jokes. I write <laughs> jokes about this kind of stuff. Like I don't think about that. So I'll do the best. I, I thank God there are writers who really are more suited to like our, I went to the Writers Guild meeting and it was, I was so proud of our membership because yeah. it was so yeah. driven. But there was no way we couldn't strike given what's what's coming. You know, it's um, there's a lot of there are people who um, are in my position who are working the same amount of weeks. Forget about the episodes. They're being strung out over the same amount of weeks of work who have to take a second job as producers on TV shows that are successful. At the same time, these executives at the top, and this is all of capitalism, are taking these giant packages and these giant, um, the guy from head of Roku just made like hundreds of millions of dollars. Roku. Like you have to be able to name three shows on the network before you do that. Right. <laughs> and, and, and they cry poverty, but somebody is getting rich, you know, and they, um, and so you kind of have to draw a line in the sand. And I think this, what's been encouraging about this particular strike is I think, all workers, you know, all people who create things or and or or provide services, recognize this is an existential threat to the economy. You know, because we, we, you know, forget. That, yes, SAG is SAG after hundred percent behind us. DGA really behind us, which has not always been the case sometimes. But um, the Teamsters, Teamsters won't cross our picket lines if we're there, and that's huge. And, and all these contracts are coming up and, you know, there's never been a need for more content and we've never been paid less for it. And um, 
somebody somebody pointed out, you know, well, with the new model of streaming, you know, we're not making as much money. It's like, well, we didn't tell you to go to that model. Like, that's unsustainable. There are like, you know, there are eight paid streaming companies. Now, we all know that people aren't going to do that. No, you know, you're, you're, it just isn't going to happen. So they're going to get them, what, however that works. But we shouldn't have to pay for that exper experiment so that you can pay off of Wall Street. Um, and, and, and so, so, so let me just understand this of just uh, in terms of, and, and you're really a perfect person to speak to about this because you came up through the traditional model, which is that uh, you're working on a show, you're writing on a show, and then let me understand this, that episode of the show, Modern Family, let's say, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that goes into a, a rerun, right? I mean, it's run yeah. again, and then it, and then right. syndication, and you as a writer on that episode or that uh, series of episodes, you'll receive those residuals, right? Is that what that is? We will. Is? Right. That, 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 that's basically it. And, and so, and it was a really clear residual package, and especially with first First run network residuals that was a good amount of money obviously once it goes into syndication we're getting less and less unless we created the show however we were doing that you know when i first started out we would be doing a minimum of 22 episodes a season often 24 and we would be paid per episode which made sense i mean because however many weeks it would take to do 24 episodes that would that would be fine what has happened is that being paid per episode situation now, they're taking just as long to make the eight or 10 because these there are these grand productions. So you're effectively having your salaries cut by two thirds for lo lower level writers and, and where you're at. And there's not, and we don't even know how well these shows are doing on these platforms because even that algorithm is secret. So there's just not a lot of sharing. You know, there's people are getting wealthy and they are asking for austerity and yet we see no austerity from wall street and or from the corporate heads just as is happening in every single business you know we these corporations these billion billion dollar corporations got they, they had a trillion dollar giveaway in tax cuts and the idea was that that was going to be that it was better in their hands than in the government's and that wealth would trickle down yeah we the only thing we've created is more billionaires. That's the one thing we made. But we, but none of that is, those billionaires are crying poverty. And we're the ones who do the work, you know, and, 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 and no one is asking for outrageous stuff. And I know people are like, oh, you writers, you know, you have it so good. And look, I've had a really, I am, I had a, I've had a great career and I've done very well for myself and was compensated for it. And, um, and, and I'm pleased by it to, to, to do that. But writers coming up right now, it's hard to make a career. And right, um, that's and the point. Danny, Danny Zucker today doing exactly what you did before. You're yeah. saying it's it's all different. It's all different. And coming up right now with you know, yeah, I mean, if I'm being, it's really hard. And they're doing, and they're they're having these ridiculously small writers' rooms that you know that because we have no money. You know, we have no money. It, this is this is an important point. Please explain that these are the mini rooms that we're talking the about. Mini the mini rooms, yeah. yeah. And and so we're we're getting these like sort of like mini rooms to go where sort of the upper levels are expected to like do all the pre-production and post-production. And we know that writing gets done all throughout the process. But you know you're only they're paying for this. And so it's that, which which effectively means less jobs um for people, less less of a chance to um there's a real mentorship in here. There's a real like apprenticeship that does take place amongst writers, you know, being with, you know, being slowly given some 
responsibilities, learning how the cogs in the machine work and, 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 um, cause it's a craft, you know, and not everybody can do it, you know? And, uh, and, so. and, and so the idea is that these mini rooms are increasingly places where small numbers of writers are being exploited to basically build out story episodes, arcs and everything. The, yeah. And, there's that. And because writer's budgets have fallen down, you can't even take a flyer on a young writer anymore. I see. You know, I see. you know, so it's, it's both things. It's both things. And there's a lot of unpaid writing that they want from us. You know, there's a lot, the, the movie, the movie side is, is terrible, you know, and, and how many rewrites they have to do. And, you know, and there is this overwhelming feeling from their side is that we're lucky to get to do this. And we are, but we're lucky because it was, it's a good career. It used to be a good career. You know, we're not, it's not, you know, Right. So, right. Right. I'm not I'm not lucky just to drive on the lot. I'm lucky because driving on the lot yeah. has a job at the end of it that used to be it really good. Job. Yeah. And security. And um, yeah, you know, it's 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 the story as old as Hollywood that, you know, writers are not, you know, appreciated. And I, I'm, I've never been one of those people to whine. I don't care if you disrespect me. I don't. I'm going to write my jokes. I don't respect you either. I just want to get paid. Like, that's it. I don't need your right. respect. You know, right. um, so uh, um, so so now I ask you. And by the way, if you have any questions for Danny Zucker, um, please uh, put them in the chat. And Kim, uh, maybe you can help. Uh, I'm not looking at the chat right now, but if there's anything that's particularly uh, um, appropriate, I'd love to. Um, uh, AB five destroyed it. No, no, no. I, um, I don't the know the question I, mean, I, I do see. Some yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Danny. You go. You, no, no, you, go you go. It's your show. I'm looking. To well, you okay. Go. All I was going to say is, so we get to the point that I feel um, brings us to the big question, which is, well, there are really two questions. One is the length of the strike, which I think could be substantial, and then the concessions that, at the end of it all, we might see on the part of studios to give the writers back something. Is it too early to handicap it? What's your sense? It seems to me like I think it, yeah, neither side's talking. I, no, I when this is my feeling because I was not sure, and then the the AMPTT they came back with their proposal, their answer to our proposal, which was I, I won't go through it point by point, but it was beyond insulting. It right. was like not even engaging on key things. And again, we weren't asking. We're it's we we're not asking for anything ridiculous. You know the normal things you would ask for not even engaging. And um, so that made me think that they knew we were going to strike. And maybe on some level, I, I don't know the mechanics of this. I have to assume that at least at the beginning, for a little while, the strike benefits them and that they can get rid of spending of some things. And uh, I you know, see. it's a way to drop deals. That's what I, I seem to happen in the last one. But that only works for a short amount of time. And uh, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, I mean, we, we, I don't hear anybody who thinks it's going to be short on the lines. You know, I'm not a prognosticator. I don't know. Just to but, that um, last point, Danny, I saw a memo that went out that was leaked or published yeah. that said, uh, if you're an executive producer on any project yeah. that's in production, if production is interrupted for any reason, including this writer's strike, you will no longer be compensated. So the full... Yeah, Disney know, sent that out. That's it. Okay, it was Disney. Yeah, yeah, it was that was Disney. Yeah, it was like um yeah, that's they they they're going to they're trying to play th th this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to play hardball. I mean, you know, we have to, you know, any game, any 
anybody in a union has ever had has come with pain, unfortunately. It's like you, you, there, there's no such thing as largesse in the business world, you know? And so, uh, do you uh, think AI will take over writing scripts, Karen is asking? I mean, writers knew trouble was coming when they introduced reality TV, which cuts out the writer. But what about AI? Well, to, uh, let me just go to the end part. With reality TV, what we knew when what, what we knew was the, reality TV is written. And I think we have to get the people. Uh, the, the, I'm sorry to tell you how the magic right. trick is. <laughs> there are writers there, um, believe it or not. I know it's what? so natural. Yeah, I know. Um, um, what we did see in the last strike was the up the 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 coming of streaming and broadband, which was like we, so we were they the writers have been very good at negotiating us. I think I think they're going to give AI a shot. They've already expressed they they're putting a lot of money into AI tech. You know, tech, tech wants to be in Hollywood and tech is bad at it, and and that's what they but that's what they want to do. Um, I think AI look. I think AI can create bad scripts. I think that it, like I think that an AI could write a, a you know a bad show for sure, but it, it's it's it AI is only as good as whatever is out there. It can't it doesn't like synthesize. It says oh here's this I, I I you know here's this here's this we'll put those two things together and uh I don't know as a bad I particularly yeah, think I particularly think AI and it's interesting to be talking to you about this. Yeah, I particularly think AI struggles or would struggle and will struggle with comedy. Oh, it's like, look, anyone who thinks an algorithm can do comedy did not watch Elon Musk on host SNL. Like if you watch that, that that's about the level or read his tweets. Um they're, 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 it's not. We've tried. You know, you try. Comedy has to surprise you. So, in order for you know, the 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 thing about comedy is it's surprise. The way the algorithm works, though, is it doesn't go for the surprise. It goes for what's expected. It has the rhythm of a joke. And I've we I, I've attempted. Everybody is like popular. Sure, little sure. Things write this, and yeah, it'll get the rhythm of things. But yeah, it's not going to. But it's not going to create the kind of hit that will draw subscribe. The whole model, if you want to do subscription television, is have those shows that are great that people want to pay to see. And honestly, you're not going to want to pay to see that. I, you know, who knows? 50 years, I can't predict what's happening 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road. But I don't see that becoming a big um, I don't, I, but they're going to try. And, you know, they're they're they're, they're sure going to give it a shot. Right. Right. Uh, what will it take to end the strike specifically, Julie wants to know? I think it's going to, first of all, they have to come back to the table. You know, they, they, they have to like, they have to address our, our points. And there's wiggle room on some and there isn't. I think that, um, but they have no interest in that right now. They're just, you know, they're in their, they're in their sort of gather the troops mode. As far as I know, I haven't been reading today. Maybe there's the movement, but it didn't look like it. So, um, is there a, yeah. there's a strike fund, right? There is, there is, there is a strike fund that, um, is, uh, is available to people. And again, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm you're, you're well above confess. that. Level. I'm, I'm out of my depths, yeah. but I know that they create like th that it's there to, um, provide loans to people, um, no, no payment for a couple of years and get that if they need that. And yeah. I even think that there's a fund and I wish I had the information for some of the support staff, like writers' assistants and things like that. So, yeah, you know, it's so th it, that's the other thing that that writers is such a uh, an overarching term. 
for so yeah. many people who contribute to the process. Danny, reality TV is scripted. God, that's uh, <laughs> God, that's that's crap. I wouldn't want to put my name on that stream bowl of poop. Uh, says oh, I put my name on any bowl of poop that if the check was big enough. That, not, exactly. You, you should look at my IMDb. It's not all just shoot me and uh, and uh, um, Modern and, uh, Family, Modern Family, uh, and Roseanne. Thank you for pointing those out. I may have written on Stacked with Pamela Anderson. I'm not going to say anything. But anyway. Hey, look, did you see the Pamela Anderson documentary, by the way? So fucking good. Yeah, it really was good. I really Can was. I swear? Uh, Am I allowed to swear? I just uh, we, swear. we avoid it, but it's okay. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, it was really, really good. It is yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I so that's actually that. maybe a brag, uh, uh, Danny, is my point. Oh, that's um, what I was trying to do. I was trying to get you to comment on, on how great Stacked was. But. Okay. Um, soon AI will determine what is funny and the human sheep will laugh. Wow. Listen to that. Perry Joe Jim Bob with, uh, yeah. I, I think just the magas. They just, yeah. Like I, I had one sign and said, imagine Gutfeld without writers. And then I said, oh, bad example. <laughs> right. That is, you've got Gutfeld. Right. Uh, Jim Shield says, can Danny explain in more detail? Okay. Oh, the I, current yeah. process, the current process versus what is happening in many rooms. E.g., what the studios want to change. Well, it's not what the studios want to change. We, they're exploiting us. They're key, they, we want to codify what, you know, writing staffs. We want to codify, you have a show like this, this is what the writing staffs would be, and you pay them throughout. You know, that's how, that's all. It's just right. And, and this is the thing. There are payments throughout that they're now condensing. There are payments that would last through an entire year, let's say, or yeah. through 10 months, and now it's condensed. So we'll pay you for a month. You're, you sweat like crazy to build out the season. That's my what I've read. I mean, yeah, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of coming in early and doing that and, and, and mapping it out. And look, there's always going to be like I'm. If I'm creating a show, I will be the auteur and I will be like I will be fully prepared with writing. I'm not paid for. Sure. That's my choice. Like I'm doing it because it's mine. And I will get the payoff at the end. But when you're trying to gather these mini rooms to do that kind of stuff and not fairly compensating them, and I again, I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of this. Yeah, but I that's the point. That, yeah. that there, are, there are plenty of people. Who, uh, I was telling the story in the last half hour about how uh, there was a writer who's involved in a show who was being uh, in touch with an editor who said, uh, look, if you need to reach me, I I'm technically not supposed to talk about anything related to the writing of the show, but if you need a question about a shot or something, I can answer that yeah. question. So you see how people want, you know, you've crafted the show. You want it to be good. And, of and course. So, so to your point, I'm sure there's plenty of writing normally that goes on and you're not compensated for it. Nobody's saying everybody's a clock watcher. It just strikes you know, me I, that they are, they are breaking in half the way that it. writing used to be. That's it. And we always go above and beyond. That's always the thing. We write promos. You know, that's like their department. Sure, I've sure. never been on a show because we're just, you know, we are good. We're ostensibly, we should be good writers if we're working there. So we might be able to promo the show better. That's uncompensated, but we're all doing it for the greater good. No one's complaining, or maybe people are complaining, and maybe we shouldn't do that. I don't know. But right. I don't know. It's, uh, um, it's just every, it's just, it's just death by a thousand paper cuts. Right. And it's only going to get worse. That's and, my fear. Know, it really is. Yeah, um, it's really. It re the whole country though feels very like, uh, you know, France before they broke out the guillotines. I mean, the disparity in in in. Yeah. Yeah. No, the wealth gap is just. It's crazy. It's insane. And as you yeah. say, the you know the tax cuts under the last administration created even greater wealth. And uh, right, I and think... then we're all worried about what we pay teachers instead. Like teachers, the teachers should really be austere. But um, billionaires can buy spaceships or Twitter. You know, it's like yeah. what that it, 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 that's yeah. 
Yeah, it's just a, it's true. It's truly we're, we're on our side. And then, yeah. you know, it, it's a disturbing time in this country. As I was saying at it the is. start of the show, I, I feel like America is broken right now. And uh, I, I don't want to say it too much because it just bums people out. But these are real issues. And I think if we do make enough noise about them, uh, at least perhaps we can shame some legislators into some change. Although even the legislative process is broken. So, Well, of uh, course, because, you know, you know, I know it's the whole, you know, that yeah. I always say the problem with this country is that there's two Dakotas. Right. Um, no, by the way, that's it, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like there's two Dakotas and no Washington, like Washington, D.C., Yes. has more greater population than both Dakotas. And so and the fact that, you know, you could be living we're, we're moving to urban cities. But my vote, like my vote is worth like a thousandth of what a vote in Iowa is like. None of that is fair. And that's a that's a part of democracy that no other country adopted. They loved American democracy. They said, we don't need to do this part, though, you know. So, Bravo. Yeah, we, yeah. We, have, we have big problems. And money, yeah. and, and between that and Citizens United. Oh, yeah, oh, money look, and I'm politics. Into, yeah. I not only look like Bernie Sanders, I'm turning into it. I can <laughs> Danny, uh, you're a treasure. Come back and uh, join us again. I'd love for you to come back through and we'll just kick it around. But I really appreciated you uh, throwing some light yeah. onto this uh, WGA thing. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for the great questions. I'm reading these things and you're all very kind in the chat. I'm not used to internet comments being this so nice. So um, um, <laughs> what? well done. Yeah, normally, uh, I'd, normally I'd be crying right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank uh, you so much. <laughs> all right, Danny Zucker, everybody. Bye, Danny. Bye. Ah, yes. Yeah, love it. Uh, he's great. <laughs> The Mark Thompson Show. Again, we're live from Washington, D.C., one of those places that doesn't have a vote in the legislative process. More people live in this city where I am, Washington, D.C., than just going on population, than I believe 20 other states. Uh, and still, no what? representative, yeah, no voting representative in Congress. It's crazy. Uh, so I don't want to hear about how great America is. America is great in some ways, but it ain't so great in others. And that's one of them. Uh, when we come back, I do want to give you the latest, uh, and I also play for you, Sheldon House, um, uh, for when we come back. Yeah, I do have yep. that. Yep. Okay. Um, so I want Sheldon Whitehouse, I think, is brilliant, and I'd love for you to see a little bit of his open as he really, on some level, explains slash dissects in this way that will remind you almost of a Katie Porter kind of uh, explanation of this Republican budget that was passed, their budget proposal, just so you can see it uh, and see it explained. It was uh, really an 11th hour passing of that and now it, it sits is the negotiating back and forth between the GOP and Joe Biden. So we'll get to that. That's Sheldon Whitehouse. I'll, I'll play it for you uh, when we come back. Uh, Kim, Danny, pretty great, huh? Is Danny just oh, he's so, so funny? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's he good. So I mean, that, you know, we, uh, we bring like him that. in for something more serious, but he's very um, he, he's very terrific. So we'll bring him in yeah. again. Um, all right, you got a newscast ready, and then uh, uh, we'll jump back in with some poll stuff, and we'll finish up with some politics. Is that cool? That sounds good. I like it. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, Albert, uh, that sound good to you? I yeah. love it. All right, Let's then sting go. me. 
Let's let's <laughs> The Mark Thompson show. Yeah. All right, we get there. Right. <laughs> On the Mark Thompson show, I'm Kim McAllister. Let's get right to our our old friend, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, approving new legislation to limit China's economic influence in Florida. One newly signed measure bans Chinese nationals from owning property near military installations. Others ban Chinese-owned TikTok from state servers and ban universities from partnering with China or Chinese schools on research or anything else. So he's taking a hard stance. Caltrans is being called out for cutting off freeway access in San Jose over the weekend. The two state lawmakers now are investigating why several off-ramps were closed during Cinco de Mayo celebrations. They say this goes beyond normal traffic controls, claiming the tactic was racist targeting and unconstitutional as well. Caltrans and the CHP said last week the move was also necessary for public safety due to a march through the downtown area. So should they have closed off those freeway off-ramps into San Jose on Cinco de Mayo? You be the judge. Caltrans is being called out. uh, Rather, I said that. Police are on the hunt for the person who shot at a motorcycle rider from a moving vehicle in Petaluma. This one makes you think, you know, if you're upset with somebody, you might just want to keep it to yourself. Here's what happened. The vehicle's passenger fired at least one round at a motorcyclist at about 4.15 Sunday afternoon. Investigators say there had been an argument about who had the right of way at the previous intersection that the motorcycle and the vehicle had passed through. The suspects took off. They're still on the loose. The motorcyclist was not hurt. So now apparently if you express a, hey, what was my turn? Gunfire. As we mentioned, it is now the second week of a nationwide writer strike that is affecting scripted TV shows and movies. The work stoppage by thousands of Writers Guild of America members impacted its first award show Sunday night. The MTV Movie and TV Awards aired as a pre-taped show rather than the initially planned live ceremony from Santa Monica. And actress Drew Barrymore was going to be the host of the live show, but stepped down in solidarity with striking writers. Yeah, I mentioned that last week on the show, and it's interesting. So they did go off with it, but it all was pre-taped, huh? That's right. Uh, Also, day three of the Oakland teachers strike. The district confirming last night, still no deal with the union on a new contract. Both sides were said to be in talks all day yesterday trying to reach an agreement. The strike involves 3,000 teachers and other employees. They're demanding more pay, among other things. 35,000 students affected by the strike as well. About a dozen electric boats destroyed after a fire in Long Beach. The fire was reported at a dock in Alamitos Bay at about 1.15 this morning. Fire officials say four or five of the burned boats sank No buildings were burned. No one hurt. The cause of that fire, not clear. A new way, I don't, this is, I don't, I don't think it's going to look good. I I don't know, Soledad. Uh A new way of shopping in the works for the city of Soledad. Known, really, for the prison, right? Well, now, maybe something else. City officials want to create a village out of a dozen trucking shipping containers right on front street they say it's one way to revitalize downtown and attract businesses the other hope is that people will stay local won't need to travel to salinas or the peninsula 
plan could end up costing $10 million and would include space for restaurants, retailers, and an outdoor stage. All in the shipping containers? I'm confused. Uh, the, the, you, can, you can dress them up, though, pretty beautifully. I've seen some pretty incredible jobs they've done with that stuff. Haven't you? Ooh, I mean, maybe for a, a tiny house. idea, but it just might work. For a downtown no. area? I don't know. Well, I mean, if you put them all together. No? I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I mean, I'd, I'd need to see the plans to really know. All right. I mean, can you not just build something? Do you have to use shipping containers? That's weird. What, do you have something against shipping containers? I don't know. Yeah, because they should be used for shipping. Uh, Disney getting rid of reservation requirements at its parks in Florida. You can ship off your whole downtown with all the shipping (laughs) containers if you want. Guests will no longer need a reservation for date-based tickets at Disney World in Orlando. Uh, So get ready. You can get on down there. That'll take effect at the beginning of 2024. Now you only need to buy a ticket for a specific date, but you won't have to make reservations for any of the parks. There you go. Uh, The Mark Thompson Show is crowdfunded. That means we have to rely on you. You can help keep us going by contributing via Patreon and PayPal, and you can find the links and so very much more at themarkthompsonshow.com. And can I show the video, the Tenuta video? Is that okay? Yeah, now that's, I'd love to see it. That's what I was talking about. I want to show that this uh, report also sponsored by Tenuta Vineyards and they have a little uh, little video for us to show some thanks to all the people who have purchased the Why Are You Yelling Red and more. Hey, Mark Thompson, Kim, Tony, Albert. It's Rich over here at Tenuta Vineyards. Wanting to thank the Mark Thompson listeners who have ordered the Mark Thompson wine. I'll get to Red Jack here in a second. Enid Fox, Cynthia Pecoraro, Janet Gehagen, Kim Bennett, thank you for your case. Susan Wasek, Rory and Nancy, Gail Guthrie for six bottles, and Lori and Mark Fuchsia, Lori and Mark above the bar at the Red Jack, they ordered two cases. So you guys know that Tenuta, we can do uh, custom labels. So Lori's family is having a family reunion later this summer. So she ordered the family crest off the uh, internet to order a case of wine that I'm shipping. I've actually already shipped to Massachusetts. And then Lori and Mark ordered a bottle of, or a case of wine with their Red Jack logo and uh, 131 Bay Street. But look at that, the Mark Thompson. Hey, which one of you is Mark Thompson's Pinot Grigio? So custom label. So thank you to Mark and uh, and Lori, we've been, Nancy and I have been to the Red Jack twice. If you guys haven't gone, you got to go with our lovely people. And just thank you all to the Mark Thompson listeners and to Mark and Kim and Albert and Tony. And uh, thanks, you guys. That was really cool, actually. Yeah, so Love pretty that. awesome. That's yeah. Richard Tenuta Vineyards. And I just want to tell you one more time that if you call him at this number, 925-699-4576, and you say... Smash it with your iron rod, or maybe even your Smash royal scepter. With your iron rod, <laughs> you get the ten percent off, and the wine is really good. And I love the relationship now between uh, Tenuta Vineyards and, and the Red Jack. The Red yeah. Jack. That's yeah. really really cool. All right, I'm Kim McAllister on the Mark Thompson Show. Yeah, now would be a good time, Albert, to uh, run. Feel it in your soul, the Mark Thompson Show. Uh, we're live. This is a remote broadcast, and now the 
everything falls to Albert to do. So in addition to watching all of this other stuff, he has to do all, all of the sounds that you normally... And normally he does a portion of them, but now he is charged with having to do all of them. And to be fair to Albert, which I don't necessarily like to do, but to be fair to him, there, the the system is a little janky, isn't it, Albert? I think it's a little jank, but but you do manage it well. So thank you very much um, for doing that. Things are um, just on different pages, so right. If it, there's a pause, I'm like scrambling to get to the right page. Yes, exactly. So and thank you for your uh, tolerance, as I say. Our signal here. I'm at my parents' house. We're on location in Washington D.C., and the signal may you know, float in and out. So the audio may become corrupted for a second or two, but thank you very much. All of you who are uh, listening and watching and who smashed the like button, uh, because, uh, the thumbs up help us in the, the algorithms at, uh, at YouTube. So, uh, you know, we really put off a lot of the politics. We did coronation. We talked about what happened in Texas today. If you missed that was at the top of the show. Then, uh, mentioned the passing of Vita blue and sort of got into uh, a conversation with uh, my old podcast partner, Heather. And then, of course, the WGA strike, and I think the changing face of Hollywood with Danny Zucker. So we sort of put politics to the side. But uh, I thought we would do it now just to mention there is disturbing, if you're a Biden fan and a fan of a Democrat being in the White House, disturbing poll numbers and I'm always um, I'm halting because I'm always curious how a question is asked when it comes to the poll numbers but essentially President Biden's mental acuity is being called into doubt increasingly by more Americans um, and even his support against leading Republican challengers is shakier than it was four years ago uh, would you like the Democratic Party to nominate Biden to run for a second term as president in 2024? Or would you like the Democratic Party to nominate someone other than Biden as its candidate for president? I'll give you the results and I'll tell you what I think is a problem with the question. Nominate someone other than Biden. 58% of Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents. Only 36% say nominate Biden. Uh, among Democrats, uh, among Democrat leading adults, it's 58%. Was Democrats themselves are split completely, 47-47. Independents who lean Dem, 17% uh, want to nominate Biden. So it's, again, to review, Democratic leaning adults, only 36% want to nominate Biden. Democrats who are registered, 47%. Independents who lean Democrat, 17%. His overall job approval rating stands at 36%, down from 42% in February, about the same as the previous low of 37% in a post-ABC news poll conducted earlier. This is a post-ABC poll, by the way. That's why they're comparing the two. So, you know, Biden's approval rating underwater, um... And it's underwater with a lot of people who supported him in 2020. Americans under age 30, he stands at 26% with Americans under age 
30. 42% among non-white adults with whom he you know, really had a love affair in the lead up to his presidency. 41% among urban residents and 46% of those with no religious affiliation. Among independents who voted for Biden in 2020, 57% approve, while 30% disapprove. Among independents who voted for Trump, this is no surprise, 96% disapprove of the job that Joe Biden is doing. Then you get to this. Who do you think did a better job handling the economy, Donald Trump when he was president, or Joe Biden during his presidency so far? Didn't we, I mean, I don't know what the poll numbers show, but didn't Trump spend more? Like, didn't he get us more into the red? Oh, my God, yes. Uh, His, I believe it was $8 trillion over 10 years. Those those tax cuts created immense deficit issues. Um, Donald Trump, when he was president, 54% of those polled said he did a better job in handling the economy. Joe Biden, during his presidency so far, only 36%. Then there's, a, you know, no opinion, etc. Um, so there's a question about a, the perception. I mean, if you've accomplished what I think is legitimately uh, some decent accomplishments along the way of this Biden administration so far, you need to get it out there because it's getting lost in the media messaging yeah. associated with bad news. There is a lot of bad news, and media likes bad news. It brings clicks, it brings eyeballs, and Biden said as much in a recent interview. But the way Biden speaks in interviews and his, you know, I think getting him out there more carries with it risks related to the perception that his mental acuity is not what it was. And it probably isn't. But I don't know, ultimately, whether or not that is going to be the thing that propels a Republican into office. I mean... Even a Joe Biden with diminished mental acuity, you may want ahead of Donald Trump, who it can very credibly be argued was behind an an attempted overthrow of the U.S. government. So, again, let me just take you now to the physical health and mental acuity questions. Far more Americans say Trump is in good physical health, mentally sharp. More say Biden is honest and trustworthy, would be the summary on these. Do you think Biden slash Trump is or uh, has been honest and trustworthy? This is both Biden and Trump. On honest and trustworthy, Biden wins, 41% to 33%. On mental sharpness it takes to serve effectively as president, Biden has 32% of those who think he has the mental sharpness it takes to serve effectively. Trump has 64%. That's a shocker. Yeah. Uh, The Trump numbers on honesty and trustworthiness are about the same. I mean, they've only varied marginally since he was a candidate in 2015. People are hip to the fact that he's, you know, he's basically a liar liar all the time. Pants on fire. Pants on fire. That's right. Um, 
But these hypothetical ballot tests are instructive. I don't know what we can take from them. I'm sure if Michael Shore and Jim Avalo are here, they would say it's still early. But, you know, these wins come down to, and this is the problem with America right now, I think, also, very small margins. You know, Joe Biden won because of the ridiculous way that we have this electoral college by such a small margin, but under 100,000 votes. So you end up with this, on some level maybe, being instructive because you're working the margins so closely in American elections. I liar, um, your pants are on fire! I just want to say, very good pull, Albert. <laughs> very good pull. Yeah, even if it took you a second. Very good pull. Um, and finally, if the candidates for president in 2024 were Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, the Republican, and Joe Biden, the Democrat, would you definitely vote for Trump DeSantis or probably vote for Trump DeSantis, definitely vote for Biden, probably vote for Biden, or are you undecided? The definitely vote for Republican is 36%. The probably vote for Republican is 9%. The probably vote for Biden is 32%. So simply put, it's Trump 36 and Biden 32. Now to DeSantis versus Biden. And people are, you know, I think they're counting DeSantis out a little too early. I think he could have some some firepower later. But we'll see. DeSantis against Biden. It is a dead heat in this poll. 32 to 32. So, um, it's a, uh, look, it's just a poll. It's still a long way from the election on some level, but on another level, a lot of impressions are made now, right? So that's why I mention it. I think it's it, it, it's worth a, a mention. And, you know, with the immigration situation growing in intensity, Title 42 expiring, you're going to see another surge of migrants and you're going to see more in the way of pictures, heartbreaking as they may be, at the border. And this is going to mean, I think it's going to mean uh, an increased conversation around this. Biden has said he would veto the GOP bill on immigration if it got to his desk. Uh, are a sucker. Yeah, the, these are uh, bills that would restrict asylum, you know. Uh, the new GOP proposal on the border, restrict asylum, build more wall, um, uh, cut the DACA program. Uh, that would include Ukrainian refugees as well. And Republicans are looking to capitalize on all of this politically. That's why I mentioned it in the context of those polls. So Biden has said, if that made it to my desk, I would veto it, that GOP bill on restricting asylum, building more border wall, and cutting the program that allows migrants a chance to stay here. Um, but there is very, very little movement on real legislation to cure the border situation. 
Uh, the Biden administration regularly arguing Congress needs to significantly act on the border in order to fix major problems. Remember when Avila and Shore were here and they were talking about the fact that under Obama, there really was a, an actual proposal, bipartisan proposal, that handled the border situation and immigration. I mean, it was transformative legislation. And then it was sunk by the GOP. They couldn't get the votes. And it was suggested it was sunk for reasons associated with politics. Because they'd rather use the situation at the border as a political stepping stone than really help solve the situation at the border. Now, on the debt, in my last minute or so, can I play you a little Sheldon Whitehouse? Go ahead, Albert. This is on the debt limit and on the debt proposal. Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island. Point of the hearing this morning is to examine Kevin McCarthy's so-called Limit, Save, Grow Act, more accurately known on our side as the Default on America Act, an act cobbled together by House extremists in back rooms in the dark of night. Yeah, there were no hearings. Since the House didn't hold a single hearing on this extreme and dangerous measure, the Senate will. MAGA Republicans' dangerous bill proposes a terrible choice. Default on our financial obligations, causing widespread pain and wrecking our economy, or gut basic federal programs essential to our economic strength, causing widespread pain and wrecking our economy. It is a false and unnecessary choice. MAGA Republicans have claimed they are averting a catastrophe by setting up this rotten choice? Do not believe it. They are causing one. Many of them want one. Our Republican House friends care about the debt sporadically. With Republican presidents, they pass huge tax cuts for the wealthy and large corporations, adding trillions to the debt. More than $7 trillion of debt was added under President Trump, and almost $3 trillion was added under President George W. Bush, the last two Republican presidents. But when there's a Democrat in the Oval Office, they seek to interfere with the ability of government to function, whether it's shutdowns or near defaults or blocking economic recovery legislation. They so seek he's the, to cause chaos. He's the chairman of the Senate Budget Committee, so this is uh, these are just his opening remarks, but that puts it in a nutshell. And then... White House continues, and then tomorrow I'll play you a little bit more of what he has to say about the specifics of the bill. But you can see, I love Sheldon Whitehouse for the way he lays it out for, you know, if you just beam down to the planet budget right now, you get a sense for what's really going on. He did the same thing and does the same thing with the judicial system and with the payoffs associated with both the Supreme Court and the dark money that goes into the federal judiciary. It's a, um, I think White House is brilliant in the way he lays it all out. So I wanted you to see a little bit of that. So uh, that's it for now. Oh, this is sad. Uh, Well, if you missed anything today, you can catch it as Albert breaks out the different videos and also you can watch the whole show anytime. Thanks to everyone who supported us today, the uh, super stickers and super chats. Do we have anybody specifically to thank, Albert? Do I need to thank anyone? Um, Edward Lee. 
Oh, that's what you were talking about, how AB5 destroyed this sector. Um, yeah, we need to talk about, I've talked about AB5 before. I'll, I'll touch on it tomorrow if uh, they're, you know, I, I promise I'll touch on it tomorrow. Uh, you're talking about how it destroyed the, the, the sector of writers and independent contractors. And All right, we'll get to that. Um, thank you all who uh, support the show regularly. Nikki show is going off today on the Nikki Maduro channel. You can see more Kim there. No Nikki today. Bye-bye. No Nikki. All right. We are live from Washington again. The seat of power will take it tomorrow from here. Until then, bye-bye.